What is up, guys? Welcome to the very first episode of the Bro Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. We are super excited to introduce this to everyone. And with the fantasy football season right around the corner, well, we're going to be with you guys for weeks and hopefully throughout the entire season. So welcome, guys. Um, but, you know, a Bro Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast wouldn't be the same without some bros. So first things first, I'm one of the bros. I'm the commissioner. My name is Alec. And to kick it off another way, Byron, can you introduce yourself? Yep. Um, my name is Byron. I was fortunate enough or skillful enough, depending how you look at it, to win the league last year. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but we'll be getting into all of that. Uh, along with me, we have a friend of ours, Ryan. Hello. Uh, yep. I was uh, in the league last year and I was not lucky enough to win uh last year some things didn't go my way i didn't get lamar jackson so you know how it goes yep um i've been pretty much playing fantasy all my life sports are my life so you know it's a little bit weird with this whole covid thing going on i mean there was about five months where sports i mean essentially are my personality so i didn't have a personality at all um so happy to get back into sports and happy to talk about fantasy sports as well absolutely so um we do have some news that we want to get to George Kittle and Travis Kelsey, they're getting big contracts. I wish I had that kind of money. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, What do you think about these contracts? Like, cause I, me personally, I think this is the year that we see George Kittle overtake Kelsey as a type tight end. No. You don't think so? Nah. Come on, man. He's, He's the top option for San Francisco. He has the league leading, well, he has the tight end record for receiving yards, 1377. I don't see Travis Kelsey doing that, especially with the array of options they have. That's that's just how I feel, man. I think it depends if Debo Samuel is going to be fully healthy um, because he was the second targeted receiver for San Francisco outside of Kel- uh, Kittle. So if they have that as a reliable backup um, or as a, another reliable target, then, I mean, what do you think, Ryan? Well, you know, I think people overlook the fact that um, Kelsey is already 30 years old. Like, that is a sneaky 30. I mean, so this contract is essentially going to lock him up for the rest of his career. And, you know, I don't know many tight ends that are going to be getting better at the age of 30. So I really would lean towards Kittle in that case. And plus, you know, Kansas City just has so many options. And really, I expect the Super Bowl hangover is going to be real. And I would expect some regression towards the mean for those teams. I think this is the year. I think Patrick Mahomes does not repeat as a Super Bowl champion. I don't even see them going to the Super Bowl this year. I mean, how often, unless you're the Patriots, you don't really see them going every single year. I know he's great. I think he's the best quarterback in the NFL right now. But, I mean, this happened with Aaron Rodgers. Remember when they had their Super Bowl run? And then after that, he just, like, they lost in the first round to the Giants. They were 15-1 and and lost in the first round to the Giants. I don't see Patrick Mahomes winning it this year. No. Bold prediction, I don't think they win their division. I think the Broncos are going to overtake them. You look at the talent they have on offense, and it is just stacked. And, you know, they added uh, Melvin Ingram in the offseason. So, I mean, they've just got so many weapons. I really expect Drew Locke to take the next step in his first full year as quarterback. Yeah, and that's uh, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, sorry. (laughs) Yep, Yep. added defensive end as well. I mean, Melvin Gordon was a good pickup, but I don't know. I don't. I, I just don't discount Santa Claus. Um, 
my <laughs> my favorite coach in the league right now. Yeah, bold prediction, but it'll be interesting to see how it goes. For sure. And we won't have long to wait. You know, the first game of the season comes up, I think, on September 10th with mm-hmm. uh, Houston playing against uh, the Chiefs. It's going to be a good year. While we're on the topic of the Kansas City Chiefs, and before we get on to our next topic, what do you guys think of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Do you think he's going to be Man. a top five running back? See, that's an interesting one. Um, there's a chart I was looking at the other day that looks at um, the analysts who make projections. And really the biggest variance I saw among the players that were drafted in the first two rounds was with Hilaire. You know, I mean, he has first round talent, but you got to have to kind of pause to take a rookie in the first round. That's what they said about Saquon and he had a phenomenal year. So I, you sure. never know. You never know. Um, I personally think rookie running backs are the only ones that do well. Rookie wide receivers, you don't see doing too well too often. I think except for this year, but we'll talk about that soon. <laughs> Yep, absolutely. Yeah, with that, let's let's go ahead and get into the uh, some of the do's and don'ts we have for the draft coming up. Let's start with all of our our do's and see where we debate here. Um, my first do is do pay attention to bye weeks. Um, yes. I, I've seen a lot of people who don't really know a lot of fantasy football draft super stack teams, and then when a bye week rolls around, they have nobody and they're scrambling. Uh, looking for that waiver wire pickup, and you can get really trapped there and lose a lot of points. For sure, I completely agree. I think bye weeks are important. I mean, I remember like maybe two years ago, I had two of my wide receivers and a running back, and I definitely lost that week. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's a that's a good do. I completely agree with that one. Absolutely. So my do is pay attention to how others around you are drafting and adjust accordingly. You know, I think so many people get wrapped up in the mindset of, I just need to control what I can control, but you really need to be paying attention to who's drafting around you and what they're drafting. For example, if the guy before you has not drafted a running back yet and it's four rounds in, um, maybe you don't need to uh, look at getting a running back. Maybe you can go wide receiver or something like that. You always need to look at who's drafting around you, think about their needs, and think about what they might do. So That's actually a really good and interesting topic because I think you were drafting after me last year, Ryan, and I completely <laughs> took all your players. <laughs> yeah, it's funny so, how that uh, works. Yeah, it is It is funny how that works. So was, I, I completely agree with that one. My, my do is... Do draft for upside. I mean, a lot of times you'll get into the habit of drafting safe players. I think Travis Kelsey is a safe player. Does he have the upside of George Kittle? No, I think George Kittle can explode if he really wanted to because he is their top option. But that's just how I feel as far as upside. You want? I want to go for the win. I want to go for the risk. I don't really want to go too much for safe players. But what are your, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, you don't want to play it conservative. I, th- I think it's where you're drafting. Um, and we'll kind of get into one of my don'ts later, but um, I don't think you want to be crazy with uh, taking just high upside players, but mixing that in is definitely a good option. Right. Yeah, that actually ties in with my don't. Don't be overconfident in past performance. I mean, we've seen that last year where anyone who, who thought that Brady was going to have an exceptional year, you got to kind of pay attention to, to things week by week and how they're looking currently, not just how many rings they have. On that note, would you draft Patrick this year? Patrick Mahomes, yeah, not at where he's going. What no. about Lamar Jackson? No, he's just not going to be around where I typically draft quarterbacks. You know, I, I don't value drafting quarterbacks high because I feel like the difference between quarterback one and quarterback 10 is not near as high as the difference between running back one and running back 10. That's true. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that with uh, 
with cheat code McCaffrey last year. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at the uh, the league winner for many leagues last year was Lamar Jackson. He was not a top 10 quarterback being drafted last year. I would I always draft a quarterback maybe at the last or third to last round. I would never draft him in the middle of the draft. It just doesn't work out. It's a deep position. Mm-hmm. I don't see the I don't see the purpose in it. Agreed. Plus, week by week, if you're hurting in that position, there's always quarterbacks on the waiver wire that you can grab. Trust and believe there will be some quarterbacks this year that are going to be a surprise. Yeah, and actually that goes with possibly my don't, but my don't is don't draft two quarterbacks in a 10-team or 12-team league. But, I mean, thinking of high upside players, I think Drew Locke, the quarterback for the Broncos, is going to have a phenomenal year because all the weapons they have. So he's like one of my late flyers I would probably reach for. In in my case, when I say don't draft two quarterbacks, I'd rather take more, you know, more picks on running backs and wide receivers that can give me that high upside. I don't really care too, too much about quarterbacks because you can get any quarterback for the most part and they'll put up points for you. Yeah. Brian, you got anything to add to that? Well, I just love Minshew. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Washington State guy, anybody who runs the run and shoot, they're okay in my book. Um, big Gardner yeah. Minshew fan. Yeah, I mean, he he was great last year. I just, I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure about the season with him. Yeah, yeah, and looking at his stats, I mean, I don't know if he could reproduce this. I mean, he threw 21 touchdowns, only six interceptions. I, I just don't know how much of you, of that you can really expect for this year for him. Okay. Uh, what about his weapons, though? DJ Chark, are you high on him, or what do you think about him? Well, I do like DJ Chark. Um, I, I also like Fournette. I think Fournette is probably going to bounce back. That does also kind of cap Gardner Minshew a little bit. Are you concerned about Leonard Fournette with Chris Thompson being his backup? Because Chris Thompson has always been a pass, pass catching back. Last year, Fournette had a great season receiving, but he's not going to have that anymore. There's a reason they picked up Chris Thompson. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm really not concerned about that. I really think that Fournette is the, he's the three down back and you know, I, I still think he's going to bring it home. And I, I really question the motivation that he had last year. Um, you know, it was just a team that was struggling. And I mean, he just could not get anything going in, uh, during the games. I mean, you, you look at it, it was two yards, tackle, two yards, tackle. It's just same thing over and over again. Uh, I think he's going to be bounced back this year. Fournette has burned me in like the past two drafts. So I, I will not be buying any Leonard Fournette, but I did draft him his rookie season and he exploded for me. So all right, Ryan, you want to give us... Yeah, hit us with that don't. <laughs> yep. My don't. Do not lose the draft in the first round. I cannot tell you how many players do that. I mean, you look at guys that were drafting like Antonio Brown last year in the first round. He played a couple games for you where you could have had um, Ezekiel Elliott or you could have had maybe a Julio Jones, a much safer option. Do not lose the draft in the first round. You can't win it. But you can for sure lose it by taking risky picks. Every first round that I have, I'm taking a safe option. Because every player in the first round that you can get is a great player. Why do you want to expose yourself to risk in the first round? Doesn't make much yeah. sense to me. Yeah, you always have those draftees where they'll they'll go straight for the quarterback, like Patrick Mahomes. Like I see it all the time when I'm drafting, is you think your draft is going great, and then the first round somebody's drafting Patrick Mahomes. I do not agree with it, but they're just chasing the big names. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. I think, uh, so on that note, when you're saying don't lose in the first round, who is your safest pick in the first round? Oh, wow. 
Well, I mean, that really depends where you're picking, because I don't think anything is going to get safer than Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Right. I mean, this guy is going to be a world beater this year, barring injury. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm really high on Christian McCaffrey. Do you think Saquon will be able to overtake him this year? That's the number one back. I just worry about the injuries. Yeah. I, I really worry about the injuries. You see that for, for a lot of guys. I, I worry with um, Dalvin Cook, for example, with the injuries. And so these are guys that I'm, I'm probably staying away from in the first round and opting for a more safe option. Okay. All right. So if that's your safest running back, who's your safest wide receiver in the first round? Oh, wow. Um, that's a tough one. I would probably say... Don't do it, man. Mm. Don't do it. Getting spicy. Hey, Michael Thomas. Yeah. What? Michael I, Thomas. I, I think Michael Thomas is not going to have those historic numbers that he put over the past two years. He had 17 yards receiving. I think he'll be the third or maybe even fourth wide receiver when it comes to receiving yards. Really? Yeah. I think. So who, I mean, do you put just, a, who do you put ahead of him? I pick Julio Jones. The reason I pick Julio Jones is they lost uh, Austin Hooper. They have no choice. People just think it's going to get spread out to Hayden Hurst or it's going to be with Calvin Ridley's breakout year, which which I'm calling. I think he's going to have a breakout. But I think they're just going to force feed Julio, and he is the biggest mismatch in the NFL. I don't see anyone who can stop him. I mean, he's just he's flat out amazing to me. <laughs> I mean, Ryan, do you have the Saints winning that division? I mean, it just got a whole lot tougher with Tampa Bay beefing up their side. I don't buy Tampa Bay. Really? I, 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 no, I, I mean, you look at it, you, you've got a 43-year-old quarterback in Tampa Bay. <laughs> uh, I don't buy it. And Gronk was old when he left two years ago. He's not going to suddenly found, find the fountain of youth down in uh, Tampa. You know, I, yeah. I think that the Panthers, depending on Teddy Bridgewater, who, you know, I'm still not sure if he's good or not. Um, <laughs> he had a pretty interesting season last year for the Saints. He, he for sure did. Uh, but we're in year seven of Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. And I'm still not sure if he's good or not. And, and a lot of it's not his fault. You know, he, he's been plagued with injury and um, he hasn't really had a ton of opportunities with the Saints, but I'm still not sure if he's great. But I, yeah. I still think I, I think that he, they could give him a run for their money this year in the division. It is concerning because Tom Brady is much older. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think he's the GOAT. I think he will show up and show out mainly because he's trying to prove himself. But I think this will be his last year that he's actually decent. I think Gronk, I'm not too concerned with as doing well. I think Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are just flat out studs. I mean, you can't you can't guard those guys. And he's a smart player. I mean, if if Jameis Winston can throw 5,000 yards, which to me, I don't know if there's a more overhyped player in the NFL, but or maybe he's not even hyped. I don't know what it is, but I, I would not buy Jameis Winston for anything. But to throw 5,000 yards and lead the league in passing yards. I think Tom Brady will get at least 4,500 yards, but it's just, I don't trust the Saints because every year in the playoffs, whether they choke or whether the refs screw them, uh, they're always out. I, I never trusted the Falcons. They still haven't recovered from their Super Bowl defeat. And then Carolina, trust me, I am digging their system. I think the new offense coordinator and the head coach, it's it's a good move, but I, I just think, I think it's the Bucks. You know, I think they're gonna represent that division. And that kind of brings us into um, our top players to draft or to pick up outside of the top 10. My first pick outside of the top 10 is actually going to be Mike Evans, because I think that Tampa Bay will have a very pass every year. Even Gronkowski being old, 
he's been a reliable target for Brady. So as Amr was kind of saying, like it's the options are going to be unbelievable. And I think that Mike Evans is going to have a surprisingly phenomenal year. Yeah. So, so I do like the pick, you know, I mean, say what you want about Brady, but at least you have stability at the quarterback position, which you have not had in previous years. Also, I mean, it's just built into his frame. He's a red zone threat. You know, he's going to get touchdowns for you. Um, I, I do question if there's going to be enough mouths to feed. You also have Ronald Jones in the backfield and you have Gronk who's going to be in the red zone. And you also have OJ Howard, who I think is going to be a sleeper this year, uh, vying for targets in the red zone as well. So I do question um, if they're going to have enough ball to go around. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I If you're looking at Mike Evans' sample size, I mean, just last year, 67 receptions, you know, 118 targets, 1,100 yards. I mean, it sounds like a great year. But my problem with Mike Evans is he's always been a very inconsistent player. So one week he'll have two catches for 32 yards. Next week he'll have 160 yards. It's just, I can't trust Mike Evans enough to be my wide receiver one. Now, if he was my wide receiver two, I see it, but I don't see him replicating last year's numbers. I really don't. I think for him to be considered my wide receiver one, 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns is not going to cut it. Plus, with Gronkowski, Ronald Jones, Shady McCoy, all those great players that they have. And Tom Brady, I mean, if you look at his past history, other than a few outliers, I mean, he favors the slot, which is Chris Godwin. He favors tight ends in the red zone, which is Gronkowski and OJ Howard. And then he likes pass catching running backs. I think this is going to be a down year for Mike Evans. Interesting. I think that kind of in the opposite, that he's he's going to feel the pressure to Brady, that is, to do well. So he's going to be airing the ball out a lot more. And Mike Evans is phenomenal at catching in traffic. Yes, to Ryan's point, there's going to be a lot of mouths to feed, but I think it's going to be very pass heavy. I mean, they may may not be winning a lot of games because of that, because they're going to be trusting Brady to kind of carry it. But I think there'll be a lot of a lot of targets on everyone on that team. I mean, I I know where you're coming from. I I do still got them winning the division, but I personally think they're going to be a very consistent balanced team. I think pass heavy. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a solid pick. I I completely agree that Mike Evans is going to have you know a good year, but I I don't think he's going to live up to his ADP. Ryan, do you want to give us your top player outside the top 10? Oh, yeah. I'm going deep <laughs> well on this one. Um, so I have Deontay Johnson, wide receiver for the Steelers. And I got to admit, a little bit biased as a Steeler fan, but I really think there's some merit to this pick. Second year player, his average draft position, you can get him in the ninth round uh, going in the eighth pick. So he's going around guys like Debo Samuel and Tyler Boyd. Um, last year, you know, it wasn't a great year for the rookie. 680 receiving yards, 59 receptions on 92 targets and five touchdowns. Why am I grabbing him? Well, I think it's Roethlisberger. So he's proven he can support two wide receivers. We've seen it in the past with Antonio Brown and Martavis Bryant. He even supported three with Emmanuel Sanders back in the day. He had no one throwing to him last year. I mean, you look, it was Mason Rudolph. It was Duck Hodges. It was back to Mason Rudolph. He had no consistency. But here's an advanced stat for you. Target separation. So target separation is average yards of separation from the closest DB when the pass is caught. He was number one in the league. Number one, not among rookies. Number one in the league. So he was getting separation from other defensive backs better than anybody else. Deontay Johnson? Deontay Johnson. What? Yes. And, you know, defenders knew this. 
he was actually 12th in the league in cushion. So that's the amount of uh, space that a defensive back is going to give a wide receiver prior to the snap. So 12th in the league. Pittsburgh also has a knack for picking wide receivers. I mean, you've seen it. Antonio Brown was a sixth round pick. Emmanuel Sanders, Juju. This could be the Steelers new number two wide receiver. And I'm really liking that action. I don't even think I can argue you on Deontay Johnson. I actually am high on Deontay Johnson too, but I am a little concerned that, you know, with the with Juju coming back and he was a little hurt and banged up, but I agree. Ben Roethlisberger is going to air it out. He's going to have something to prove. It's going to be a great year. And you can't, I mean, you can't get a better player at his current draft position. I mean, it's Jameson Crowder, John Brown, Christian Kirk, or Deontay Johnson. I agree with you. I would rather have Deontay Johnson. But, I mean, that's just me. <laughs> Byron, do you have anything to add on Mr. Johnson? I mean, I mean, if we're still talking about, like, old quarterbacks here. Don't blaspheme. No. <laughs> no. He's I just mean, had time off. <laughs> he's he's going to have a great year, undoubtedly. But it wouldn't be my first pick, but I, I, I'll, I'll give you the clap there. Yeah. Have, you seen, have you seen the pictures of Lean Roethlisberger lately? He's looking great. He's, he's looking, looking great. Nope. Ben Roethlisberger, wow. I, I, okay, Steelers fan, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> all right let me i'll go with my pick uh my top player outside the top 10 is a wide receiver and he plays for the carolina panthers it's gonna be dj moore i think dj moore and this is just me speaking honestly i think he's gonna lead the yards i really do i think even though there's question marks surrounding teddy bridgewater he loves short passes and if you're thinking of who to draft near him i mean he had 87 receptions 135 targets last year, 1,100 receiving yards. Yeah, the touchdowns were low. But when you think about it, 87 receptions, he could easily, he could easily outpace that. So I think he's gonna get similar targets, 135 targets. But I think he's gonna catch about 105 receptions, which would put him at 1,400 receiving yards. That would put him second in the league last year behind Michael Thomas. I just think if I had to draft DJ Moore over OBJ, Juju, or Amari Cooper. I'm going to go with the consistent play of DJ Moore. And even with how... even with the new quarterback Teddy Bridgewater at the helm. I mean, not new, but new to the team. I do. I think DJ Moore is in a system where he is going to get the most targets. No way, in shape or form, are they going to outtouch DJ Moore. And with Christian McCaffrey as their running back, it's just it's going to make it easy for him. They have an offensive scheme. Joe Brady's their coach. It's going to be an amazing year for DJ Moore, and I have him leading the league. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I mean, he has the talent. He was the first wide receiver that was taken in 2018 draft. And like you mentioned, he has the talent that Teddy Bridgewater likes. You know, he specializes in the type of routes that uh, Bridgewater is best at, the short routes. Um, I do have concerns about Bridgewater, as I noted earlier. Uh, like I mentioned, year seven, I'm just not sure. <laughs> But you never know. It could be one of those renaissance. Like, you know, Drew Brees, when he went to the Saints, I mean, look what happened to him. Kurt Warner, when he went to Arizona, I just, I think, I think it could be like a really like a blessing in disguise for him. I mean, personally, if you look at the picks near him, who would you rather have? I know you're a Steelers fan, but Juju, Cooper, or OBJ? Thinking consistently. I would rather have DJ more than any of them. <laughs> yep. You're a Steelers fan. I don't care. I'm not high on Juju. Really? No. Nope. Wow. Okay. I like it. I like it. I think this will be a great DJ Moore year. <laughs> All right, Ryan, give us your second player outside the top 10 that you were going to get in every single draft. Oh, I'm going to get crap for this one. <laughs> 
I say it. Uh, Philip Rivers. That's oh. a tough one. It is a tough one. Oh. It's a tough one. Uh, I mean, depending on your league format, he's not even going drafted in some leagues. Uh, going in the 16th round, pick number 10. So, I mean, you can essentially get him for free. Uh, last year, year to forget for Rivers, 23 touchdowns, 20 interceptions, 4,600 yards. I mean, I just kind of want to throw those stats from last year out the window. Um, I, th I think that him going to Indianapolis is going to be a great change of scenery for him. And really, for the first time in his career, he's finally playing behind a good offensive line. And not just a good offensive line, a premier offensive line. And it's really not going to be all on him. Um, he loves chucking the ball deep, and he has that deep threat with T.Y. Hilton. So I'm a big fan of Phillip Rivers this year. While, I mean, he might not put up the numbers that obviously a Patrick Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson would, you're not expecting him to. Not in the last round or even as a waiver wire pickup. So definitely picking up uh, Phillip Rivers in the last round of my drafts. 20 interceptions, Ryan. Wow. I mean, it, <laughs> wow. it was a rough year. It was. It was. I mean, but he's 38 years old. You were talking about Brady being an older quarterback. Do you think Phillip Rivers is great enough to be your lead quarterback? I think so. I really think there's going to be a career resurgence. I, I think that San Diego can suck the life out of you. I really do. San Diego, well, L.A. now is in a pretty tough division. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm iffy on that because I feel when he was a Charger, he had plenty of good threats. I mean, Keenan Allen was like, I think, my second draft pick last year because I was really banking on Phillip Rivers having a great year. They still had the two running back threat. I don't know. I, I don't know if, if he can get any better in Indianapolis. So it'd be really nice to see how he transitions. But I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. I've always been a, a Phillip Rivers fan. I think that he's one of the quarterbacks that's definitely underrated um, in the league right now. I, you know, I... I love his fourth quarter drive. I think he's an excellent quarterback. I just, man, 20 interceptions, guys. Like, I just, I can't get over that number. But if you're looking at Phillip Rivers and where he's getting drafted, there's two other quarterbacks there, Sam Darnold and Drew Locke, who I think is going to be the sleeper this year. Would you take Phillip Rivers over, you know, Drew Locke with all the weapons that he has? Yeah, I personally would. Um, really? You know, I still want to see a little bit more out of Drew Locke, and he doesn't have a first uh, game that's really easy for him. He's going against the Steelers, game number one yeah. for Drew Locke. So uh, I think that Drew Locke is even going to have a bad week number one, and he might be dropped in a lot of leagues. So I'd rather go yeah. Phillip Rivers week one and, and see where it all lines out. That's a smart, that's a smart strategy. I, I'm all on board with that strategy of drafting Phillip seeing where he goes. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, I could see it. I am a fan of Michael Pittman Jr., who is a receiver for Indianapolis. I personally think he's going to lead their team in touchdowns. So Ooh. I'm telling you, man, he's 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 what six four, six five. Philip Rivers is always like those big body receivers. I mean, granted, Antonio Gates was a tight end, but I think he'll Ty will lead their team in receiving yards. But I think Michael Pittman is going to be their touchdown machine. Think Mike Williams back in the, the like two years ago when he was like leading their team in touchdowns. Yeah, but you you got to remember they they drafted Jonathan Taylor too, so I think he's going to get a lot of touches at the running back position, and I think Mo Ali Cox is going to have a breakout year as well. Former basketball player, saw him play in college, but he's really done well in the tight end uh, role. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think I can debate you there. He's he's a talented player. All right, Byron. My second one is a little contentious as well. Um, this year, I'm going to be looking to pick up Le'Veon Bell. I think that the Jets are going to be relying on him quite a bit this year. You know, as they as they kind of feel things out without 
relying too much on the quarterback to kind of carry it again. I, don't, I forgot who picked him up. Um, I think it was you, Amr, because you always like, you like Le'Veon Bell a lot. I did, and it was like, I will say it was the worst pick I ever did. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I, I think the worst pick was uh, that trade for uh, Antonio Brown. That was pretty bad. Oh, yeah, because I thought he was coming back. But as you're talking about Le'Veon Bell, is he or what? Running back one or RB two? I'm looking for him like later on as kind of just to, to beef up the roster, kind of pad me on bye weeks. Do you think, are you concerned about Frank Gore being there? No, he uh, because Frank Gore, it, yeah, like uh, he didn't even have that great of a year when he was a bill last year. I mean, granted he, was, he wasn't he was their primary running back. Still, I think that they'll kind of use him when it's tight situations and when they just need his legs. But Le'Veon Bell is definitely going to be the uh, the lead there. Are you, so I know we keep talking about age, but do you think he is going to have, I mean, he didn't even rush for a thousand yards last year. Do you think he can come close to that? I mean, it's just, he looked like dead in the water when he was running last year. I, I do think he's in better shape. I don't know. It's, I'm worried about Frank Gore. I'm worried about Adam Gase. Adam Gase is a running back killer. <laughs> That's just my opinion. Yeah, Brian, you... he might he might be an actual killer. I mean, <laughs> did you see his eyes in the press conference? Um, like, That's a little bit crazy. Yeah, you know, again, I, I put on my Steelers hat and I try to take it off when talking about um, Le'Veon Bell objectively. But I, I think there's a lot of value to have uh, with getting him in the fourth round. Um, Jets have the off improved offensive line and, you know, say what you want about Le'Veon Bell, but he still has the elite pass catching ability. You know, cons, I, I do think about his motivation. Uh, I think it's been something that I've always questioned about him. Uh, I, you know, if the Jets fall out of contention, which they probably will, is he going to be motivated for you come your uh, league playoffs in week 15 and week 16? I question it. I also question if his style suits the team. Uh, you look at Le'Veon Bell, what he did in Pittsburgh was, you know, he would stop before the line of scrimmage. He would survey the landscape and he would pick a lane. Is he able to really do that for the Jets? I don't really think so. Um, so I, I do like the value on him, but I still have some question marks. I think it really comes down to whether uh, Sam Darnold can be enough of a threat in the pass game to open up, you know, options for him yeah. down on the ground. It, it's, it's a little, you know, without the preseason, it kind of makes it difficult just based on training camp to see how these players do. And I'm not going to lie, Byron, I probably would pick up Le'Veon Bell. I was just giving you a hard time. <laughs> for my second player, it's uh, someone who's being drafted like super close to Le'Veon Bell. Uh, it's David Johnson. I think if Carlos Hyde can rush for a thousand yards and he's not even anywhere close to what David Johnson is, I mean, David Johnson at his peak was almost CMC equivalent. I mean, 2,000 total yards, 20 touchdowns. That's what he did in 2016. Yes, he's four or five years removed from that. But I mean, if you look at 2018, 1,500 total yards, 10 touchdowns. Last year, he was just injured all the time. And I think having a Deshaun Watson, I think it's going to be a great year. I would rather have him over Melvin Gordon, James Conner, and Le'Veon Bell, who are all being drafted there. Sorry, Ryan, I know you're a James Conner fan. <laughs> um, but I mean, and again, he's not my RB1 by any means. I mean, if I had to do it, I would. he'd be my RB2 or RB3, just depending on how the draft falls. But I mean, if I can lock up a RB1 in the first round, two wide receivers, and then have David Johnson, I am really, really happy about that. He doesn't have any competition of touches, uh, an elite quarterback. I mean, it's just, there's nothing but upside for him, especially after last year. I am buying David Johnson this year in all my drafts. Yeah, 
I, I think it's a great value pick. When you when you think about David Johnson this year, I'm really thinking about usage. You know, I don't think the Texans are going to be very good this year. Uh, they got rid of Hopkins. I question if they even want to win um, or they're just trying to fill, force Bill O'Brien out. I'm not sure what's <laughs> going on there, but that DeAndre Hopkins tra- uh, trade makes no sense to me. Um, so we know he's going to get used. Uh, I think you're going to get great value with him. And it wasn't that long ago that he was a running back one. He was being drafted in the first round. Um, you know, like you mentioned, I think there is some injury risk. He was really bad last year. But, you know, how much can you attribute that to an ankle sprain uh, and the back strains that he had in 2018? I'm not sure. I, I do like the pick, though. I think it's great value. Byron, anything to add? I kind of agree with Ryan that, that I don't know if the Texans are going to be as competitive this year as they were last year by any means at all. I mean, they had a decent season last year, but they, I mean, they traded away DeAndre Hopkins. I'm, I'm kind of iffy on that one, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand the concerns. I mean, I'm, I'm still concerned about his injury history and, you know, what could happen. But I just think as far as a value pick, I mean, you're not getting anyone better in the fourth round. When I look for running backs and majority of my drafts, I always draft you know, running backs first, but I'm looking for a running back that does not have any competition for touches because you want that workhorse. You want somebody who's going to do well. And I think, yeah, I don't think the team's going to do too well, but they don't have an elite receiving threat. If you look at, you know, if you look at Will Fuller or Brandon Cooks, yes, they're great. I mean, they've had their moments, but I don't trust their injuries. And it's going to be injury plague a year for the entire Texans. But I think Deshaun Watson's going to have to air it out, and he'll air it out to David Johnson. All right, Ryan, give us your final pick outside the top 10 who you are drafting in every single draft. Yeah, so going with Josh Jacobs, running back for the Las Vegas Raiders. Weird saying that. That's solid pick. So uh, average draft position right now, you're getting him towards the tail end of the first round, pick number 10. Um, Last year, he was limited to 13 games. He had 1,150 yards on 242 attempts, seven rushing touchdowns, and 166 receiving yards on 20 receptions. So why am I grabbing him? Uh, So he did all of that in 13 games, and I don't think he was fully healthy in the other games. He has the potential to be the feature player on this team, um, and they want to run the ball first. You've seen it with Gruden time and time again, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And I mean, we saw it last year too. He did get involved in the pass, and you know, with those uh, 166 receiving yards, he didn't get a single touchdown on him. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be some aggression towards the mean in a positive way. I think he's going to get some touchdowns in the air this year. So big fan of Josh Jacobs. So my question to you, just not to have this little debate going, is he's getting drafted right around three other running backs who outperformed him last year and could outperform him again: Kenyon Drake. Austin Eckler and Aaron Jones. Are you concerned about any of those three? Because you're saying you're getting Josh Jacobs in every draft. Do you think he's going to outperform those three guys? Yes. Yeah, I think he's a transcendent talent. I really do. I think he is the next best running back. I mean, he's still so young. He still has a lot to learn. He, he can get there, definitely. We haven't even touched the surface on his talent. And I think Oakland's going to be interesting this year. Um, I think that Carr is not going to make it through the season as the quarterback. I think that uh, there's a sneaky backup. People oh, don't know Marcus Mariota. Oh, He's the God. backup now. And I mean, you know, maybe you get some Baltimore light going with uh, Marcus Mariota and Josh Jacobs. Marcus Mariota, the last time we saw him, he was getting outplayed by Ryan Tannehill. Marcus Mariota, wow. 
<laughs> yeah. I, I can kind of see that because it kind of runs into my third pick, another older guy, Mark Ingram, who I'm drafting in every league. Again, this isn't going to be my running back one or two, but as a solid number two fill-in on weeks that I think that they can crush whoever they're going up against, I think he's still pretty good because... Lamar Jackson has those amazing legs. It's gonna be it's gonna be great for Baltimore again this year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I, I love that pick. Um, I think he plays in the league's most ha- run happy offense, and uh, he's perennially overlooked. So I'm a big fan of Mark Ingram. I mean, I think Mark Ingram every year he's produced. I mean, last year 15 total touchdowns, amazing year. But my concerns are with Baltimore. I mean, other than Ray Rice, we haven't seen a consistent running back for them. I mean, two years ago, they had Alex Collins and everyone was drafting Alex Collins and thinking he was going to be this stud. And then Gus Edwards came out of nowhere and outplayed him. And they pick up Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards is still there. But the main reason I'm concerned with Mark Ingram is J.K. Dobbins. Mm-hmm. If you guys have seen him in college, I mean, he 2,000 rushing yards, 21 touchdowns. Like, that's video game numbers. I don't know if you could ever do that. Granted, it's college. But I think he's a patient runner. And he reminds me of uh, Ryan's favorite pr- player, Le'Veon Bell. So... I think, <laughs> I think, I think Mark Ingram. If it wasn't for the preseason, I don't even think Mark Ingram is going to finish the year as a starter. I, I think that's an interesting point. I mean, J.K. Dobbins drafted in the second round. You don't draft a running back in the second round if you're not going to play him year one. I mean, you look at the way that teams use up running backs now. They use them up uh, through their first contract, and as soon as they get to their first contract, go on to greener pastures. So I think they're going to use them quite a bit this year. I think this will be the last year we see Mark Ingram as a starter. I mean, he's on the wrong side of 30, and yes, he's he's a workhorse. He can do it all. I mean, how many running backs other than the ageless Frank Gore do you know that is still putting up numbers after 30? I, I can't think of any. Do you think that they're going to try to kind of open the playbook for Lamar Jackson and maybe take, take away that run-first mentality that he has? Because I feel like that's kind of going to be the case this year. I, th- I think so, too. They want him to be like a Patrick Mahomes, and... I mean, he has a cannon on him. Don't don't get me wrong. He's great. Uh, Mark Ingram is solid. I mean, he's produced every year. Uh, my only concern is J.K. Dobbins. And on that note, would you take David Montgomery, Ertz, or Metcalf? Yeah, I would take Montgomery. My pick would have been D.K. Metcalf. And that is my player that I am picking in every single week outside the top 10. He has the record for most receiving yards by a rookie. 160 yards against the Eagles this past year. I mean, if you've seen him work out, I mean, this guy is physically imposing. 58 receptions, 900 yards, seven touchdowns in his rookie season. I see that number jumping up. I think he's going to have about 75 receptions, 1,100 yards, and I think he'll lead the league in touchdowns. He's a big guy. He's huge. I mean, if you watch him, and he's quick. He ran a 4-3-40. I don't know if we've seen a player like him. I mean, you compare him to Calvin Johnson. Yeah, that's kind of you know blasphemous, but I, I think he has that ability to be similar to him. Uh, he doesn't have the catch radius of a Calvin Johnson, but he was a raw talent in his first year. I think he's going to explode. And if you, if I'm being completely honest, you can see the players that are being drafted near him. I mean, you see Stephon Diggs, you see Devontae Parker, T.Y. Hilton. I mean, A.J. Green is there as well. But if you look at all four of those guys, I would take Russell Wilson as a QB throwing me the ball versus those guys. And I think I'm going to take the consistent, you know, upside player and DK Metcalf. Yeah, DK Metcalf, he, he's really interesting. Um, you know, I mean, he's just a specimen. You, you look at him, it, he just jumps off the charts in every intangible. Um, 
I mean, he has red zone value that's already built in, like I was mentioning for Mike Evans. Uh, DK Metcalf has a contested catch rate of 47%. That puts him at 14 in the league. Um, You know, I think we've kind of had a common theme is there might be too many mouths to feed with uh, we got him, we got Lockett, we've got Chris Carson. um, And now I believe they added um, the tight end from Carolina, uh, Olsen. They added him as well. So maybe the uh, red zone targets do come down um and you know another common theme is i'm still not sure how good he is you know one of the big knocks coming out of college was that he ran run one route and uh you know what he did in the nfl he ran two routes um <laughs> so i mean he ran slouts uh, slants or goes 54 percent of all of his routes 54 percent i just think if someone can run two routes and put up 900 yards and this entire summer, they've said he's been working on the playbook. I, I just think it's going to be a crazy year. But, you, I mean, you may be right. My pick is only predicated on if they sign Antonio Brown or Josh Gordon, yeah, I'm not picking DK Metcalf. Yeah, but the likelihood of them actually picking up Antonio Brown, I think, is pretty low. I think he'd land somewhere this year. Where do you guys think he's landing? You know, that's such a tough one because it's like, which team can stomach him? for more than a week you know it, it's great you can bring them in oakland thought they could bring them in and change them you can't change them patriots thought they could bring them in and change them you can't change them. I and I, I agree there's some stuff off the field that you know didn't really happen with the patriots but you knew who you were getting um i think it's got to be a, a team that's right on the cusp of the playoffs um that that needs an option you know i think the bills might be an option for him you know i know he <laughs> He mentioned he didn't want to play in Buffalo when the Steelers had a trade lined up uh, for him to go to Buffalo a couple years ago. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers in this case. I think it'd be hilarious if he ends up in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is going to become like the uh, the home for, for abandoned old players. <laughs> well, you know, he's from Miami. Well, this was fun, guys. I, I really absolutely. enjoyed it. We'll see how this season goes. Yeah, absolutely. Love to do this again. This was a blast. For everyone listening, if you guys want to tune in, we'll try to put out these episodes um, weekly and then possibly bi-weekly as we get into the season. But thank you, everyone, for joining. Thanks, guys. Thank you.